For our Bible study, let's turn to Matthew 26. In Matthew 26, where we were two weeks ago before our business meeting, uh, we saw the Lord's example of prayer, uh, where he is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and uh, asking um, that if it be possible, uh, his father would let this cup pass from him. And uh, our emphasis last time, it, all of his requests were qualified by not my will but yours be done. Um, and we noted in the Matthew, Mark, and Luke a, a progression in uh, um, the description of what he was asking. So first of all, it's if it be possible. And then it was, oh, my father, all things are possible for you. Um, and then the final one was, uh, if you are willing, uh, let this cup pass from me. And so in our times of trouble, very helpful for us to remember his example. Uh, there will be times when we wonder if it's possible. But we should encourage ourselves by reminding ourselves that with him all things are possible, truly. And then in the end, um, it does come down to if he be willing. And uh, because he is certainly able, and so sometimes uh, very much the burden does not get lifted from us, and uh, we are uh, called to step right through that time of trouble, but that's because that was his will, right? And he, he chose not to remove us from that trouble or remove the trouble from us. And uh, so there's where really that submission to his will, the learning of obedience in the time of testing, and really coming to trust the Lord uh, in those times. But we also have the Lord in this very passage uh, teaching his disciples about prayer beyond uh, just giving us his example. And so here we have um, in Matthew 26, verse 41, uh, Jesus' admonition to watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so this admonition, really with these two words of command, watch and pray. Uh, the term watch literally means to remain awake. Uh, you know, don't sleep, remain awake. Uh, but there's implied a need to continue in alertness, right? So it's not just, you know, wakefulness as opposed to sleepiness, right, or a sleepness, but it's it's actually wakefulness with um, alertness built in, all right? So both of those ideas are included in the word, so being awake, but also being alert. And so the term uh, is used sometimes for the physical state of being awake and like a guard would be on duty and he's supposed to be alert and so on. Uh, but it is also used in a figurative sense uh, to speak of uh, that alert watchfulness and readiness and particularly in a spiritual sense, 
which certainly is what the Lord is emphasizing here uh, when he admonishes them uh, to watch and pray uh, in the context of uh, temptation right, or testing. Uh, so here we have that idea in the word watch. The word pray is the common word for prayer uh, that is used particularly of making requests of God, right? So it is the word that is used for uh, human beings uh, making their requests, communicating uh, with uh, deity, with God. And uh, so these two admonitions, watch and pray. Uh, so it's not just watch and it's not just pray. <coughs> it's watch <coughs> and pray. And then, uh, in addition to the admonition, we actually have, again, Jesus' example. If you look at verse 36, uh, sit ye here, the end of the verse, sit ye here while I go and pray. That's the same word. Look at verse 39. He went a little further and fell on his face and prayed. Same word. Verse 42. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father. And then finally, verse 44. He left them and went away again and prayed the third time. Okay, so he, in, in the middle of this, is this admonition to his disciples to watch and pray, but the praying part is exactly what he's doing, right? So again and again and again, we're told that he's praying, he's praying, he's praying. So they could look to him for an example of prayer, right? Which, of course, is part of what we did last time as well. But it's also very interesting to me that he is watching. Look at verse 38. Then said he unto them, this is Peter, James, and John, my soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. So what he's same word as is used later in the admonition, right? So the point is, he is saying, "I want you to watch, but it's with me. I'm going to be watching." Okay, so whatever watching means, Jesus was doing it. Okay, very interesting. And then again in verse 40, after he went and prayed the first time, he comes to them in verse 40, finds them asleep. Notice that word. And said unto Peter, what could you not watch? Notice, with me one hour. Okay, so very interesting. Again, he's saying, I, you know, I'm talking to you about watching and that's exactly what I'm doing. You were to do it with me. And it's also interesting that it is, in this case, set a, set in opposition to literal sleeping. Okay. So, I mean, they're asleep. 
There's no alertness when you're asleep. And what else is there not when you're asleep in this context? There's no praying. Right? Very interesting. Okay, so by Jesus' own example, he was doing what he was telling them to do. He was watching and obviously he was praying. Now, keep your finger here in Matthew and let's look at Luke's parallel passage in Luke 22. And um, again, you know, because these accounts occur in more than one location, uh, you can um, gain some additional insight uh, from comparing some of those other in, uh, accounts, right? So that's what we're doing here by going to Luke 22. And uh, verse 40 is, well, actually, let's go to 39. And he came out of the city and went, as he was wont, to the Mount of Olives. And his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed. Okay, now what's interesting is that Luke, although he doesn't go into all the details about the three times coming and going, right? So, it's unclear, we can't say with certainty that Jesus gave that admonition before he went and prayed the first time, right? For sure he gave it in between the first and the second because both Matthew and Mark record it there, right? But, but Luke is implying that before he went away the first time, he also said it, right? Uh, so again, very interesting. Uh, but... What is absent from Luke is watch, right? So he just says, pray that you enter not into temptation. And then if you look down at verse 45, when he arose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, why sleep ye, rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation, right? So there's, after again, that's why I think it's probably safe to say that he said it before he went away the first time because Luke records it being said twice. But also in the second instant as well, Luke omits the word watch. Now, I don't know that we should make too big of a deal of that except to say it appears that Luke would be emphasizing which of those two. Obviously, the praying part, because that's the one he talks about, right? So the absence of the watch seems to be, or suggest, an emphasis on the praying, right? The talking to God. And that makes sense, right? If you think of, you know, our entering into a time of testing or trouble or uh, whatever, uh, last week or two weeks ago, we talked about Jesus says, his soul is very heavy. And so we talked about the burden that we sometimes bear uh, spiritually because of our circumstances and so on, right? Uh, these things that would overwhelm us. And so the prayer aspect rightly 
would be emphasized for us, right? That we would be looking to the Lord, we would be bringing our, our requests, our, casting our care upon him, and really beseeching him for his help, right? So I think it's right that there is understood an emphasis on the praying part. But what about the watch? For sure, Matthew and Mark both, both include the idea of watching. So I think, though prayer undoubtedly is absolutely essential. However, if you're not watching, or literally, if you're not awake like they weren't, if you're sleeping, you can't be praying, as we observed. Right? Okay, so there's where the watch is necessary. Because if you're, if you're not awake, if you're not watching, by definition, you're not going to be praying. Right? Uh, another way uh, to think of it would be if you fail to pray, it may be because you are failing to watch. In other words, you're sleeping and again, I'm not literally so much thinking about physical sleep as I would be here about spiritual sleep, right? That if we are asleep spiritually, we're not going to be praying, right? In order for us to be moved to prayer, we have to be awake. We have to be alert. We have to be aware of a need for prayer, right, and uh, actually engage in it. You know, I wonder, and we would never know, but I wonder if the disciples fully understood what the next few hours would have meant or would contain. I wonder if they would have found the energy to stay awake. Right, And so there's this ignorance this spiritual lethargy in a way, right, that hinders them from watching with their Lord. Now, when we go back to Matthew, um, he gives us some reason for his admonition. So Matthew twenty six forty one again, uh, he says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation, or this time of testing is the idea, but then further explanation, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So the issue is not so much with our spirit as children of God, the issue is with the weakness of our flesh, right? And of course, that can be manifested in all kinds of ways. Uh, when you think times of testing and so on, um, our flesh, meaning the old man, uh, is very susceptible to sin and so on, has a great appetite for sin, is more than happy to sin because it's corrupt according to deceitful lusts, right? And that's what we're supposed to be putting off and uh, putting on the new man, which is renewed in the image of Christ. Uh, so there is, uh, I guess, watching, 
then, in the context of spirit is willing, flesh is weak, watching would include the idea of our being awake to the weakness of our flesh. If we are awake to the weakness of our flesh, we will pray. We will be seeking God's grace and help. If we are asleep to the weakness of our flesh, in other words, if we're ignorant of or not mindful of or, you know, failing to remember the weakness of our flesh, so there's not that watchfulness, uh, that's going to hinder our praying. And it's going to hinder our success in the time of testing, right? And so because there are times of testing, always, there are always going to be times of testing. The Lord admonishes us in light of the weakness of our flesh. He admonishes us to watch and pray, to be awake, to be alert to our own weakness and also, as we'll see, the presence of an adversary. Okay, If there wasn't an adversary... Sleep, right? No danger. Sleep. But there is an adversary. And so because of the presence of the adversary, because of the weakness of our flesh, the Lord wants us to be alert. And if we are alert spiritually, we are going to pray. And folks, you know, we we really should recognize that Almost any kind of test, we have the potential of failing, of falling, right? Our flesh has the potential of falling. Almost any kind of test. And you think of the course of life, right? I mean, you think of even one instance of someone sinning against you it's just like that and your flesh is responding back in anger or whatever, right? Okay, so that's a time of testing. Now, obviously, it's sort of a, a moment in time kind of a thing, but I'm, I'm using that to illustrate, right, really the need for spiritual watchfulness all the time, right? And again, not to uh, exaggerate, I don't think, uh, the reality of life, this side of glory, but to recognize truly uh, the presence of many, many occasions and opportunities for stumbling and falling, right? And so the Lord would very much encourage us, even by his own example. I mean, think, think, what if he hadn't prayed? Now, he did, and we know the outcome, but who's to say if he hadn't been watching and praying himself? What if he hadn't spent that hour plus, however, you know, three times, first time an hour-ish, second time how long, third time how long? What if he hadn't occupied himself in prayer leading up to Judas's approach and all that followed? Right? We will never know because he did pray, right? And uh, we can certainly assume 
that he is doing what he should have done and what really was helpful to himself uh, for that time of incredible testing. Now, just a couple of other admonitions along this line that I want to use to flesh this out. Colossians chapter 4. So the Bible does use these terms together here again in Colossians 4 and uh, verse 2. King James translates it, continue in prayer. The idea is uh, devote yourselves to prayer. There's there's this idea of, of a commitment to persistence and perseverance, right? And then and watch, right? So continue in prayer and watch in the same, right? So it's this, so it, it's, it's not that the watching is different than the praying. The watching goes hand in hand with the praying. The praying is part of the evidence of spiritual watchfulness, if you will, right? Because the spiritually watchful person is going to pray, exactly, right? Because he's aware of his, the weakness of his flesh, and he's aware of the danger. And so continue, devote yourselves to prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Okay, now we're not going to preach on this verse yet. Lord willing, uh, we'll get to Colossians 4 on our Sunday evening study at some point. But why with thankfulness? Well, who are we talking to? God, our Father. And what can he do? Everything, right? And does he love us? Absolutely, with an everlasting love. Will he ever leave us and forsake us? No, absolutely not. So we do, even in the darkest hour, we have something to be thankful for, right? So very, very appropriate that we're reminded of that. Acts chapter 20. So here... Uh, So in Matthew and Mark, um, watch and pray, spirit is willing, flesh is weak. So there we're taught about the weakness of our flesh. Here in Acts chapter 20, you have a very interesting passage that brings to our view the adversary. Okay, so notice uh, verse 20, sorry, chapter 20, verse 28. Uh, Bible geography, this is Paul meeting with the elders from the church at Ephesus, uh, what is likely for the last time. He's on his way to Jerusalem, he'll be arrested and so on. Uh, So whether he saw them again after his first release from Rome, we don't know. The Bible certainly doesn't tell us. But here he's thinking it'll be the last time that he sees these elders uh, from that church. And verse 28, this isn't the whole passage, but notice verse 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock. Okay, so there's an image here that he's creating with that language. It's a metaphor, right? Uh, Unto all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall... Grievous wolves. Okay, that's an adversary. 
And it's a dangerous adversary, especially if you're a sheep, right? Shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock? Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch. Right? Be awake to the spiritual danger. Right? Don't be sleeping. Don't be ignorant. Don't pretend that there's not a need to be awake and watchful. There are wolves out there. There are wolves among you, he said. To these elders, that that he's he's anticipating that even among the leadership of that church, there's the potential for wolves. Wow. We really do need to watch, don't we? Right. I mean, what if the leadership of this church, myself, what if I go wonky? Right. You guys need to watch. You really do need to watch. Now, by God's grace, and I have no plans, that's not an announcement, right? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I have no plans to go wonky, but folks, what's going to keep me from going wonky is my watching too, right? And you're watching in prayer. I mean, I'm just a man. I've got weak flesh, right? And so really, we need to watch. Don't we need to watch? If these elders needed to watch... Because of the dangerous, grievous wolves, we need to watch. Right? And then find, oh, sorry, am I done? Uh, therefore, watch. No, I'm not done. Okay, so verse 31, therefore, watch and remember that by the space of three years, I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God. Who's God. He's the one to whom we're praying, right? Because we're watching and praying, and that term pray is always about talking to God. Okay, he's the one to whom we're praying. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified, even in the midst of grievous wolves, right? And folks, that's why you've got to pray. Because the help is in the Lord. And the help is from the Lord. right? And so watch and pray. right? And, and the, the, this kind of watchfulness, prayer is inseparable from it. Luke says, just pray. He said enough. Because if you're going to do that, you've got to be watchful. right? And uh, so very, very interesting. Last verse. 1 Peter chapter 5. And this is very familiar to us, but it's interesting to think of it in the context of Jesus' admonition to us. First uh, Peter chapter five, verse eight: Be sober, be vigilant. That's our word. Watch. Same word. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion. In Acts 20, it's grievous wolves. Now it's a roaring lion. Okay, folks, the Lord is using this kind of language to give us an illustration, a picture. It's not a walk in the park, right? It isn't just, you know, sunshine and roses. 
We're talking roaring lions. I don't know about you, but I sure wouldn't want to meet one, right? Without some kind of help and protection. You know, watched too much of who was a mutual of Omaha's wild kingdom, right? It's like, whoa, you know, they're nasty creatures, right? And very powerful creatures, right? These guys don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> dated myself, yeah. It was, uh, anyway, it, it was very interesting because the testimony to God's creation, right? But but it's a pretty wild creation, right? Anyway, so, so seriously, folks, Lord is using this kind of language because he's trying to, trying to um, communicate to us the seriousness of the danger, right? So be sober, be vigilant, watch, be awake to the danger. Don't pretend that it's not there because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. And then he says, whom resist steadfast in the faith knowing that of the same affliction sorry that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren which are in the world okay and so what's very interesting there um, is we are to resist him but it's in the faith that we are to resist him faith in what well ultimately god he's the one to whom we're praying right Okay, so we're watching and we're praying and all the while we're believing. Believing that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And of course, the very, just the next verse, but the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's why we do it with thankfulness. Right? Because God is God and he's going to win. Right? And we will win in him, particularly if we're willing to watch and pray. Right? We will win in the end. But I would like to win along the way to the end. And if we're going to do that, we have to watch and we have to pray.